inspired, informative, and entertaining. This broadcast is brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership. Welcome to It's Her Story, a weekly broadcast featuring women who inspire us to be the best versions of ourselves, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront by sharing their unique stories. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, engaging guests to share their stories of how God has led them to it, delivered them through it, and prepared them for it. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of It's Her Story. We are so excited that you have chosen to take some time out of your day to click on us and share in our stories of both hope, motivation, inspiration, and that you walk away empowered, um, elevated, and educated. And I am so excited today to have with me Anne Vandermerva. Welcome, Anne. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So Anne is a writer, a singer, a dancer, and a scholar, and a pursuer of all things creative. And this includes scripture. This includes working with children. This includes allowing God to guide and direct how that creativity comes to life. And she loves helping kids discover the Bible, helping them to get to know God by exploring it and helping them respond to God through their own creative voices. She also enjoys helping her own kids pursue their passions. Gosh, we share that. I I, I can't think of a mother who doesn't, but it's it's a beautiful way to say it. And she currently works for Kids at Heart International as the Director of Content Development. So I look forward to learning a little bit more about your creative talents. I am not necessarily, I wouldn't name myself as creative, although I think some people who know me might, but your gifts, your talents, and your passions truly sit in that side of the brain. And I think it's going to be exciting to hear how God has translated his creativity and in how it's manifested through you and the way you serve and the way you live your life. So welcome, welcome. And maybe just kind of take a second and kick us off and talk to us about how you first came to realize that God was a part of this creativity gift within your soul and then how that manifested into the direction you went in your life. Yeah, that is a great question. I I knew God as I have known God as long as I can remember. I remember being in church services as a child. I remember one Good Friday service in particular where I was just really struck by um his story and his presence and um just the the power of the moment uh and and really feeling drawn into knowing him and getting to know him at the same time i grew up as a kid who was uh dancing and singing and doing theater and doing all of the things that um, would fit an earthly label of being creative At the time, I wouldn't have really connected that in any way with my faith. I mean, I did some things that overlapped. I remember, you know, I played trombone and so did my dad. And so there were a couple of Easter services where we would play together um, during the service. But I can't say like on a personal level, it was really thinking, oh, well, this is why God has put this in my life or made me in this way is to 
you know, to give back to him. It was just, it was something that was a wonderful thing to do and I enjoyed it, but I wasn't really framing it in that way. Uh, I think when I went to college was the first time that I really started to see my creativity, not only as something that I could pursue professionally, I grew up in a small town in Illinois, so you don't really think about pursuing a lot of creative professions because it's not something that's super common. I think if you're not, you know, if you're not living in an urban area where you see a lot of professional um, people in the arts. And so, but I realized that, and I think also it was a time when I really started to um, be more self-expressive and be more responsive. That was kind of where I would say that began. Uh, and then as I moved forward with professional endeavors, I think it was really the transition between finishing college and beginning to do performance work and stage work, and then eventually landing in graduate school, which was not what I had planned, but it was very much what God had planned. And I could see him working through that and working through different parts of my personality and my creativity to start building me and forming me to do work that I didn't even know what was coming. <laughs> so he doesn't often lay out the business plan. And we talked a little bit at the beginning of the conversation. I, I don't find, I, I don't find myself to be super creative, but I'm also not an analytical person. So I kind of, I straddle the middle. I'm a no man's land person, but I do like a plan. And I do like to know that A is happening, B is happening. They might not happen on time. Those who know me are laughing really loud about that one, but I like to have a vision. And when God's plan doesn't align with it, I really get thrown. And it's taken a lot of years and a lot of happenings to be able to go, now, wait a second. My plan was A, his plan is B. Hmm. You have to accept that that divergence in the wood is purposeful. So as God called you away from your graduate studies in one direction, you had a chance to kind of sit in that for a minute and go, okay, you know, God lead me. But before he led you, you had a really interesting time after you graduated with your undergraduate degree in music. And when you talk to me about being a part of regional theater, okay, my curiosity is peaked. So I'm dying to know what performances you did. Give us a little bit of that side of Anne, because as a, <laughs> love, a lover of theater, I'm dying to know if I might've seen you somewhere. <laughs> well, I don't know. That was a long time ago, but I did, I did a national tour of Anything Goes. Uh, I was one of the, I was one of Reno Sweeney's Angels. Uh, in that production. And I worked at a regional theater in Florida. And I did three different shows there. And that was that was like the first year out of college for me were those experiences. And I said, I wouldn't trade them for anything. It was a, it was a, I had a great time. But I also saw really quickly that it was not where it was not where I was supposed to be. And it was interesting because the whole process was also a bit of a challenge and an awakening of my faith. I had spent most of my life up until that time being immediately surrounded by Christian community. 
And especially when I was on tour, I didn't even have the opportunity to find Christian community because we were, I was literally living on a bus. And so, you know, with a couple of exceptions where we stopped for two or three days at a time and I could maybe seek out a church, but even then it, that's not the same experience as being surrounded by the same community, right? That's just a, that's a moment with God. And it, it did looking back, I think now I can see even more clearly again, it was a time when he was drawing me closer to uh, show me who he was and who I was both at the same time. And the, you know, after doing that and enjoying that experience, it was kind of, okay, what do you want me to do now, God? And initially it fell, I think kind of in practical terms, which is not unre unreasonable from a human perspective. It was like, okay, well, I had grew up, both of my parents were teachers. So it was, okay, we'll go to graduate school and get an advanced degree. Cause if you if you're in the arts and if you're in the performing arts, typically some sort of master's or doctorate degree is usually standard to then become a teacher in that, in that vein. And so that was, that was the next plan, as you say, that was the next plan that was laid out, that I laid out. And I started applying and auditioning for different programs around the country. I I was willing to kind of go anywhere at that point in my life because I was young and I was single and I didn't have any specific reason to be any particular place. But as I went through that process and I was, um, you know, doing odd jobs to pay bills and, and trying to still maintain my voice and all of those things, I started getting rejection letters from several programs and uh, the type A part of my personality started sinking in and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? What if all of these fall through and I don't have a backup plan because I am, the, I am that kind of person that I will make a plan, but I don't necessarily make plans B, C, D, and E at the same time. So <laughs> didn't have a backup plan. And I remember having a conversation with my mom in the, in the course of that emotional messiness. And she said to me, well, you always enjoyed your music history classes, your academic classes when you were in college. What would you think about pursuing that? And what's fascinating to me about that is it's not as though my mom has a degree in music or she has she's a degree in education. Um, you know, she didn't have any particular reason to say that other than that she knew I liked those experiences and somehow God had given her that little suggestion. And that led me to apply to a couple of musicology programs, which is where I eventually ended up. And part of what, what um, sparked that for me is as I went to go visit a couple of those programs, uh, one, uh, one professor asked me, said, well, really, it kind of comes down to, do you want to teach people how to sing? Or do you want to teach people about music? And that one simple statement has stuck with me, not only because it really pushed me in the direction of, well, yeah, I want to teach people about the full richness of music and all these different styles and, you know, ev everything that comes out of that. I was very exciting to me and that pushed me in that direction. But I think it's also, it was also the beginning of a widening of just viewing life in general, that it's, 
do you want to, do you want to sit right here and do this one little thing? Or do you want to talk to people about the bigness of life and the bigness of the world? And I think that has fed into me for a long time in, in how God has continued to write my story. So even organically, if I heard you correctly, your mother was an educator and you touched on your father playing trombone. So whether, you know, nature or nurture, you are organically born into this, this earthly world with the foundations of an educator and a musician of some kind. So you've got those gifts. And it's interesting how God allows us to experience our own journey with a free will on how that you have navigated that path. And as I was hearing you talk, a, a, a scriptural verse popped into my head and it was um, it's Deuteronomy 18, 21 and 22. And it says, you may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. I mean, it talks about hearing and acting or, or not hearing. So part of what your journey has been is literally, you said from the beginning, hearing those that, that direction from him to say, not now, or maybe not here, but it came in the form of another opportunity, another suggestion, a comment from your mom. And I'm reading a book somebody sent me called God Winks. I don't even know who wrote it. So um, listeners, help me. But it talks about being cognizant of the things that happen in our life every day and, you know, the whole, the whole comment on coincidence or God. And it's important that we are open. And I think you're, at least from what I hear, your grounding as a Christian gave you the gift of, I don't know, maybe being an open receptor to being able to not just hear or see your experience, but also to have the courage and the faith to step in the direction that you were led. Mm. It's a perspective. And I listened to you, I, I, like just even knowing that direction, being nudged by your mom. And you didn't just find a graduate degree uh, when you went off to become, what did you call it? Muse, you had Musicologist. A, musicologist. It's a, it's a fancy word for music historian, basically. <laughs> Well, it sounds very, my title is director of goodness solutions. And I think that is the coolest thing ever. And I think a musicologist really just makes you, I, I, that's, I'm impressed just by the word, but you didn't just find another career path, another direction to take your life. You found something else at graduate school. I did. I found the man who is now my husband. <laughs> Imagine that, how God has, there's that plan again. <laughs> yep. There it is for sure. And it's so funny how to me that he weaves those different things together, you know, knowing not just one thing that we need or that he has laid out for us, but beautifully weaving together this tapestry of different elements, all being experienced, you know, in overlapping ways. And so, yeah, that was definitely part of that plan. So you guys, here you are, you have, you're a musicologist, you are stepping into this role where you are now an educator around all the different elements of this creative outlet, this passion from inside of you. 
I just think what a beautiful way for God to align gifts and purpose together. Lo and behold, you are married. And then the next thing happens, as we all love in that sequential plan of God's creation, and you find yourself ready to become a mama. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I was in my third year of teaching when I found out I was pregnant and I was excited. Uh, I was an older mom at this point, as you might imagine, I haven't given time frames on this, but <laughs> all these things take some time. So I was, I was about 32 at the time. And so very excited to have that new chapter dawning and my original plan <laughs> was to take a semester off and then go back. And my daughter was born in May. So I was having the summer and, and, uh, you know, some extra time on top of that. But what happened after she was born is I just, uh, I couldn't go back right away. Um, or even after a few extra months, uh, I just felt that I needed to, uh, for myself and for her and for our family, it was the right timing for me to not worry about any sort of career plans at that point and just hit the pause button and be mom for a lot of different reasons. And it was completely the right decision um, led by God, because when it did come time for me to go back was about the time that I actually was diagnosed with postpartum depression that I had been struggling with, but not in a way that was identifiable. Uh, I had read all the books while I was pregnant to see what to pay attention to and things to watch out for, but none of the things that I had read matched up with my experience. And so I didn't, I didn't think about that being part of the problem and why I felt like I was struggling as much as I was, but God provided as he always does the guidance that at least I was not um, completely overwhelmed with trying to go back to a job that I wasn't ready to do at that point. And so, you know, I got some treatment and things emerged and then uh, we ended up having a second child and with him, my son was born just over two years later. And what was interesting is then I recognized it right away. I didn't know if I would have it again, but I recognized it a lot more quickly because I had been there before. And so I was able to get the help that I needed a lot more quickly and, and move through that season. And through all of that, I, I listen to uh, the Brant and Sherry Oddcast is another one of the podcasts that I enjoy listening to. And every to every fall when it comes close to Thanksgiving, they have they ask listeners to share things that they are thankful for or grateful for that they never thought they would be. And every time that comes up, I think about my postpartum depression because. Well, it wasn't fun and it wasn't pleasant. And I'm certainly not grateful for it in the traditional sense of that word. Like, oh, this is great. I'm so thankful for this. I am grateful that I went through it because it was an experience that taught me to draw in even closer to God. It showed me, God showed me through that experience that while I was continually growing in my faith and closer to him, I was still not really just relying on him to guide me through the everyday steps. It was when I had that big decision, like, 
going to grad school, which way do I go? Do I, do I go to the one performance program that accepted me or do I go over here? That kind of big decision was easier for me to say, this is where I feel like he's leading me. And, and almost from a human standpoint, seemed like it was impulsive or quick. I made that decision in a very short amount of time and it was not difficult. But when it came to having a child and just having day-to-day things that were challenging because of the depression and the anxiety, it was like suddenly things as simple as laundry or meal planning or taking a nap and those things became something I needed to hand over to him. And I hadn't done that before in my life. I hadn't been able to or thought that I needed to give those things over to him or Um, that he was invested in those. And that was a huge life lesson, a huge growth in my faith during that period of my life. And so I can't imagine not having gone through that in some ways, because it would, I would be, I would be a very different person if I hadn't. When I look back on my life and I see the different things that I have gone through, Uh, And I call them checking all the boxes. And unfortunately, I can check most of the boxes we don't want to check. Each one of them was purposeful in getting me to where I am today. And I see that with a clarity now. And I hope that there are folks listening that if they can't see that yet, that they just grab on to that hope for healing and faith because it is there and they may not see it today, but he never leaves us alone. We are always cared for. He is our tether. And I've heard that through every piece of your journey. It's led you through this passion and this creativity. I can just imagine being a 22 year old going, I'm going to conquer Broadway. This is going to be my life. And then you take this drastic turn, which seems so maybe not logical, but then it becomes almost an organic next step based on your heart and you raise your kids. And I think what what you shared with me is that um, we talked at the beginning, you went into children's ministry. And I'm curious to learn about how those for, you know, education, your creativity and your passion and overlay a love of God and Christ in that, how did that manifest itself into you being a part of a children's ministry? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll try to be brief as I talk through this, but I was at home with my two kids. My son was uh, just turned about a year, which for with both of my kids, them reaching about the one year mark was a huge turning point for me and my dealing with, with PPD and just like our lives as a family. It was somehow that when they turned one, things just started to get a little bit easier, but I was just there. And the church that we were attending, the the children's uh, ministry leader uh, left for another position. And I had a couple of people come up to me or send me a note, give me a phone call and say, you know, have you ever thought about that? And the funny thing is that happened after I saw the job description and things that had been listed, you know, through the uh, church's newsletter and, um, bulletins and so forth. And I myself had looked at it and said, hmm, that could be fun. <laughs> and so I sat with that, but I was like, I I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm ready. I'm just coming out of this season with my second child. I've been dealing with all this. I was like, I, I don't think I can take on anything else right now. 
so I didn't apply. They hired someone. That person didn't work out and left very quickly. And then the position was open again. And that process took several months. And at that point, those a lot of those same people were coming back to me again. And I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe even though I'm not ready, God is telling me that I am. And so I jumped in. And what I found was that the different kinds of things that I had done were all leading up to this. No one would ever write my resume to say, this is how you prepare for a life in children's ministry. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is not a linear path. It is not even a logical path. But the just general creative thinking is a huge part of what I had to bring to the table. Certainly specific musical talents and gifts are fun because you can play with a lot of that. Um, when you're working with kids in any kind of setting, I had been a teacher and, and although I had been teaching much older young adults in college, I found actually one of the things I did in these interim places in between was some substitute teaching, you know, as you do when you need to fill in gaps. And I started doing high school because I was like, well, that would be kind of the next logical step. I've been teaching, you know, I've been teaching college students. I should do high school. And what I found is in the substitute setting, I rarely got to actually do anything with the high school students. I wasn't left a lesson plan. It was just, okay, well, you know, make sure everybody is still alive in, in the, <laughs> the end of the day, make sure they're, you know, behaving themselves and, and get through the day. And so I started, I started signing up for elementary um, posts because I was like, well, you can't do that with little kids. They, you got to do something with little kids. So I got to do things with little kids. And that was kind of for the first time I, I was the youngest in my family. So I grew up with everybody being older than me. I, I didn't spend a lot of time around younger kids until I had my own and until I did that. And so it really just, the opportunity opened my eyes to the beauty of what we see in scripture and uh, so many different references to a childlike faith and a childlike approach to God, which as I reflected on my own experience, I could begin to revisit and make sense of what I experienced as a kid and kind of, you know, process that in, in an adult way. But I loved working with the children and being able to engage with them and, and the teaching aspect. And the, so I just felt like all of these things were coming together in a way that God had planned from the beginning. That's like, oh, you want me to do all of this and integrate all of this to build your kingdom, right? It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But um, what happened a little bit over time as I was there is um, I got more creative and I got more in-depth with scripture itself, one of the things that I would say has happened to me since I've been in ministry, which is altogether about seven or eight years now, is I have begun to really see God's creativity in not just the world. I think most people can walk outside and look at anything from a tree to a flower to an, an animal or uh, whatever kind of scenery or place that they enjoy, and they can wonder and awe at God's creative beauty. But it's not only there. The, his creativity doesn't end with the 
creation narrative as we as we see it in scripture. It's not a once and done. And not only is he creative in the way that he's writing stories, but in the way that he has crafted his story, which we call the Bible or scripture, is so beautifully woven together. Um, graduate school introduced me to writing. I started writing a lot um, because I had to, and I fell in love with the process of weaving words together. And what God has done for me is revealed so much beauty, not just in the meanings of the words, but in the way the words and stories are woven together. And there's overlapping symbols and overlapping ideas and connectivity. And to think that he is doing all of that through multiple creative voices over hundreds of years is just, it's a staggering thing to sit and wonder at. And so I, I just kind of dove into all of this. I felt increasingly creative. I felt increasingly led to really show and share with kids the things that mattered, that it wasn't just about you know, behaving a certain way. And it wasn't just about coming to church and it wasn't just about this, but I wanted them to really get to know God and um, see God in their everyday lives. And I, I found and felt that I was not able to use the, both the creative gifts and the creative thinking that God was giving me in that particular scenario. And so I left the position and I have since been trying to be obedient to his call um, and doing different kinds of things, doing a lot of writing. Uh, as you said at the beginning, I currently work for an organization called Kids at Heart International, which is a training ministry. We train children's ministry leaders and parents and grandparents. And so I, I enjoy doing that, but I'm also trying to pay attention to anything and everything that God is showing me and uh, opportunities that he's laying before me to be to be his voice in the world and to be opening doors in creative ways for kids to encounter God and get to know him and to know the beauty of his story. What's a little crazy is you literally just paraphrased the prayer that I offered multiple times a day as I was transitioning my career in the past six months. I knew I was going to make a move. I had been a nonprofit for almost 10 years. And based upon the life journey I shared with you, I left my for-profit job right after Caroline died. I couldn't go back and just sell stuff. And I thought the only way I could serve really to make it, make it mean something was nonprofit. But I had really kind of spiritually outgrown the roles I was in. And the next step that I was to grow in hierarchically was not something I wanted. And I prayed instead of saying, God, please give me, God, I would like to be a whatever. My prayer was, please help me to hear what I need to hear. Please help me to see what you want me to see and give me the courage to follow your will. That is all I prayed. I prayed it morning, noon, and night. And when I really was settled in that, within three weeks, I had a new position doing it. I won't even get into what I do, but my, my title is Director of Goodness Solutions. I get to help people in companies all over the world, help their people be the best versions of themselves through how they give and volunteer. That's my professional way to help bring God's word, God's light, God's life 
to everyone. And I didn't look for it. I didn't know what title to Google. I just prayed for the ability to do what you have shared in this past hour, which is be open, receive, acknowledge, and act. And the underlying foundation of all that is faith. You know, when we started this conversation, you shared you shared that you were nervous because you didn't have the ending. You didn't have the finale. Well, that's that's the masterpiece of God's creation in and of itself. We don't ever have the finale until it's final. And every day that we live here is just another manifestation of what he has created us for. And if he told us at the very beginning what that was, do you think any of us would get out of that womb and start living and run down the street? Heck no. We were going to stay in our little safety bubble because it's not pretty and it is not easy. But he promises, he'll never leave us alone. I thank you for sharing your story today. I think some folks feel that to come and share your story, you have to have, I don't know, something devastating or a crisis. I think the most important gift we can give to those around us is to talk about what we live, how God's influenced every piece of our lives, and to give somebody else that testimony and representation because it, it's going to impact so many lives. And I thank you for being willing, being brave, and tolerating what might be a little bit crazy over here in Karen land. I'm so grateful to have been here. And I do hope that it is helpful to hear, hear my story that is um, not a very typical one and followed lots of twists and turns, but it's, it's, it's a journey that I'm happy to be on and um, happy to get to know him better through it. For those that may or may not know, It's Her Story is brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership. This is an organization that brought Ann and I together. And our number one, our mission is to bring women together and to encourage, educate, and elevate for God's glory. Testimony is an encouragement. We're educating people on the ways that they can step through each phase that God brings them and elevate them. The piece that I'm walking away with today, and I hope people take um, one of many, is that we can serve God in so many different ways. It does not have to have a biblical title. We can just authentically stepping into the gifts he's given us and not being afraid to use them. That in and of itself is God's greatest gift. So thank you again. And for everybody, you can learn more about women in Christian leadership. Oh my gosh, we have Bible studies that just launched. We have other curriculum that helps you to become um, a writer and speaker with a Christian focus. And you can find all that at womeninchristianleadership.com. And if you have a story in your heart that you would like to share or know somebody who can share their testimony, please don't be afraid to join us here at It's Her Story. Anne will testify. She's still alive and hopefully thriving at the end. And you can go to our website, click on programs and click on It's Her Story. And there's a link to, to connect with us and we will follow up and find a time to chat. And until then, may grace be yours. Thank you for listening to It's Her Story. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront through their unique stories. If you have a story that you'd like to share, if you'd like to learn more, 
visit us online at womeninchristianleadership.com. Subscribe so that you don't miss our brilliant lineup of guests. We hope that you'll join us next time for another episode of It's Her Story, brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership, a Jeannie Porter production.
Thank you for listening to It's Her Story. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront through their unique stories. If you have a story that you'd like to share, if you'd like to learn more, visit us online at womeninchristianleadership.com. Subscribe so that you don't miss our brilliant lineup of guests. We hope that you'll join us next time for another episode of It's Her Story, brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership, a Jeannie Porter production.